Hello and welcome to Body Confidence Radio. My name is Nicola Chan and I am your host. Today I speak to one of my friends who is going to remain anonymous as we are talking about weight loss surgery. Before we start the show, I'd like to read you an extract from Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Given. Desirability politics, aka pretty privilege. Shaming other women for caring about their appearance is just another form of internalised misogyny and an inability to see how race, class, sexuality and desirability all affect the way that you're perceived in the world, in a world that prioritises looks over everything else in women and affords you undeserved privileges once you reflect its idle standards of beauty. Who are we to judge people who pay for aesthetics procedures to look this way? And at the end of it, they are promised a better life and a better treatment from other people the higher up they sit on the scale of desirability. It would be wonderful if women didn't feel the need to go to extreme measures just to posture their bodies in a desirable enough light and could show up to work wearing no makeup without being told they're looking a bit rough. But people still expect different levels of prettiness and desirability from women depending on where they already sit in society's desirability hierarchy. We cannot shame people for using the tools around them to make their life easier and receive basic human respect. Whether that's a makeup brush or a razor, why would you want someone to suffer even more under the guise of having superior feminist morals when they're just trying to survive? We can't shame people for taking the steps and precautions that are expected of them just to be seen and heard in this messed up world. Now this episode is just a little chit chat with me and my friend and I really wanted to just share her experience of having the weight loss surgery for anyone that may be thinking about this or just interested in the topic. There are some things that were really shocking actually when I heard her talk about them that I had no idea went on in in that world and I wanted her on because I didn't want to have any bias. I didn't want to speak from a place of thin privilege because it's not my experience and so here we are. Here is my friend with her experience. And as always, if you're suffering with issues with your body image or your food, the way that you think about food, the way that you eat, please get in touch. I can help you with these with my body confidence course, but I can also point you in the right direction if you need help with eating disorder or other mental health issues. Please always seek help. Get as much information as you can with podcasts like these. Research yourself with books and see what the options are before you make any final decision. Who were you before and why did you want to have weight loss surgery? Okay, so um, before I think people have always like body dysmorphia where I haven't been able to genuinely see myself for what I am. And I think even when I was bigger, like I was five stone heavier, I would sometimes even see my, like not see how fat I was unless I was in a picture next to someone. But then at the same time, I would avoid pictures. Like there's hardly any, when I try and do the before and afters now, I can't find any full length pictures of me because they were always strategically placed cameras of a headshot or something. Um, but yeah, I think back then I would just want to like fade into the background and not be that center, not that I'm the center of attention person now, but I'm more confident in being present in a room with people rather than wanting to really fade into the background. When you say you had body dysmorphia, i.e. a morphed view of your body, did you think you were bigger or smaller than you actually were? I think it was like going between the two. I mean, like when I was like in my 20s, I was um, I had a period of being quite slim then, but I also always felt fat still. And I think that's the same now as well. 
that I still have my days where like obviously I can go and pick up clothes that are three four sizes smaller than I used to but like today I went out and bought pajamas for example and I picked them up and I was like oh my god these are huge but then I thought how much bigger were they before when I was buying them they just still feels big what do you mean like I'll show you you mean when you were bigger and you were buying them you didn't notice how big they were no because like look I bought these today and they just look huge but mm. then three sizes smaller than what I would use used to buy but it still feels big I don't know I think I'm just in a bit of a confused state so you're struggling to find out where you're at yeah and I know we spoke about this before as well about identity and when you first had the weight loss surgery you felt that although your body was thin you were still a fat girl inside can you yeah. explain can you explain how how that felt and what's happened since then um I think there's like with that being the fat girl inside thing I think there's it's all I'm always conscious like obviously my stomach's a lot smaller so I'm restricted on how much I can eat and then it's like the panic like oh my gosh I've eaten more than I ate yesterday today and then when I break it down it's actually really small amount of food it probably doesn't even equate to a normal person's meal but it's like I think it's it's always going to be there like that worry that what if I stretch it what if I put on weight again is that something that might happen yeah, people can stretch, like if you have fizzy drinks, which I do all the time, um, and if you overeat a lot, then you can, you are at risk of stretching it, and some people have returned back to their original weight, and because I know that, I think that's why I'm so worried about it. Yeah. But how do you know how much is overeating? Like, do they give you a guideline of how much you should be eating afterwards? No, but I base it on, I, I still think I'm probably not doing it the right way like some sort of yeah I'm not doing it the hell so what way. is the right way like you're meant to have a high protein diet um obviously your fruit and veg and I don't do that so with that I've got do they tell you that specifically do they give you a plan or any nutritional advice yeah they give you um like a meal plan to get you because your stomach's obviously you've had major surgery and then they you start on liquids and then you go to soft foods and that's progressive and then they have one like that you should stay on and that's obviously to make sure you're getting all your nutrients and stuff which I'm not so you started on the plan you did do the plan I didn't did do the plan to plan but I used it as a rough guide how did you feel then when you like first stepped into society in a smaller body and and or was there a moment you first noticed that someone responded to you differently because of the way you looked and you you didn't feel the same inside as how they were treating you do you know what I think it's a lot with confidence as well because I think I would try and read people a bit too much like oh they're they're talking to me like this because of this and because I'm fat so that was massive confidence thing um I think I'm I'm more like if I went for a job interview I'd sit there and think they're not going to want a fat person working for them. So then since then, as I have got slimmer, I felt more confident like in an interview. Um, and if like a man approached me or something when I was fat, I would always think like, well, there must be 
here just to take the pee because who would want me? Whereas now, I think even the way men approach me, they're they're um they seem more genuine, and I feel like I can take them more seriously. Do you think that's true, or do you think that might have been in your head, like where you're sitting there in the interview and you're obviously you're you're saying it within your head? You've got no confirmation that that's actually the bias that they've had. No, I know. I think a lot of it is in my head. That's what I mean. I think a lot of it's confidence. So do you feel more confident now? Yeah, sometimes. And how do you feel about your identity now? I think I'm still confused. Like I have my fat days and my slim days, slimmer days. Well, do you know, as well, some days I have the days where I still feel the same, like how I used to. Then other days I'm like, okay, I'm all right now. And then other days it will be, oh my God, what if I keep losing weight and I end up being a bag of bones? So I'm like all over the place. Hmm. So was there an ideal size or weight that you wanted to be that you knew you'd reach your destination? Um, I think the top end of the normal on the BMI thing. Why was that? I guess that's because what society tells us that we should be in that category. It comes from the belief, doesn't it? My mum gave me the belief as a child. I can still hear her voice saying, it's better to be a bit too thin than a bit too fat. (laughs) (laughs) So these things, we we have them as beliefs as adults and sometimes aren't conscious of where they come from. Once I realised that was from her, I can actually hear her voice saying that. Mm. Yeah, I think as well, like when I said, like I said, when I was in my 20s, I went for a period of being slimmer. And then I was at the top end of normal and that, suited me Hmm. did you have that experience like a lot of people have where they look back at their photos and think oh I wish I was happy then because I'd love to have that body now you know what that's what I'm chasing I'm chasing my body when I was 21 (laughs) but do do you not have that now having had the surgery no because I've obviously had a child and I'm older so my skin isn't as um forgiving as it used to be so now I've got like the loose skin I mean I know some people's is really awful and it's there's like a flap but mine's not that bad but I think that's now my next issue that I've got to fix Mm. so when will you be happy that's what I started thinking like am I just going to be chasing this dream of that I'm going to have this 21 year old body again as I'm aging Mm. and that's one of the points actually you said about feeling miserable wasn't to do with your weight and that's when you realized that it only contributed to it you still feel miserable in in a different body can you talk about that yeah I mean like it's just I think I thought it was going to be such a big difference like you think it's going to change your whole life and it really doesn't your life is still your life and yeah, it doesn't really change much. And like I said, it just creates another issue that you've got a problem with, like the loose skin. Hmm. How much was it a focus of your mind, losing weight? Which prior to the surgery? Yeah. I was on a diet every other day, like a new diet. 
but I think that didn't help either because I'd be doing like keto one day and then I'd be doing like slimming world and they obviously not contradict each other but you know when you're jumping around diets like they don't you don't get anywhere no how much brain space did all of that take up yeah fair bit would you say you've got a fair bit now with the thinking about the skin no that's less actually so you have freed up some of your mind then yeah but it is yeah because I was gonna I was booked to have the surgery in May but because I started losing weight again because I'm like a hundred miles an hour person I want everything done yesterday so I booked it even though it says you're meant to wait for two years before you have the third the weight loss um the mummy makeover is um yeah but I decided that I wanted to do it in May instead but then I just suddenly started losing weight again so I've cancelled it so just to explain to people what the mummy makeover is is it that you had a gastric band to begin with and then this mummy makeover is like the cutting of the skin and that sort of thing the gastric sleeve gastric band is when they just band off your stomach mine's a gastric sleeve where they've cut 80 percent of it out so that's um, final. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that 80% is gone. Um, and What's then, the mummy makeover bit? So you get a tummy tuck, 360 lipo, so like liposuction around your waist and your hip, and then um, a breast lift. And some people get implants. They're really trying to convince me to get implants, but I don't think I need them. They try to convince you? Yeah, um, one of the places that I spoke to, he said, I said to him, I don't want implants. Can you take that off the quote? And he said, no, implants give you a really nice shape. Oh, my God. And I said to him, you don't I'm like, what? Yeah. What is this place you've been to, literally? That they've even got it on the quote, like you're buying carpet and sofas and you need to have the two together so you don't scratch the wooden floor. <laughs> What the hell? This is your life and your body. And he didn't even know like what size bust I am or anything. Because you've always been like huge boobs since we were teenagers. Yeah. So why would I need that? If anything, I'd be going for a reduction. That's crazy. How does that make you feel? I mean, I wasn't offended or anything. I just thought he was a bit of a dickhead, to be honest with you, because like, what what is he basing that on? Is he basing that on that he likes women with fake tits? Yeah, but this is a bit of a dickhead that you're trusting your whole life with, your health. <clears throat> I didn't go with them in the end. <laughs> so anyone who's listening, <laughs> do the research and be wary of who you're talking to. And... Um, what qualifies them to say what they say so let's talk about the other point which was the fact that you now can't eat so much so if you talk to us about what life is like now like how how is your eating on a day-to-day and then the lack of minerals and vitamins that you're finding with the little that you're able to eat okay so part of the guidance was not to drink at the same time as eating because like in the morning I'll just have a cup of coffee now because that's filled me up um the other day I wanted a McDonald's but and I was determined even as bad as this sounds like I've had weight loss surgery I think guess this was the fat girl in my head 
I wanted McDonald's. So I had a McDonald's and I sat there for six hours grazing on it just so I could finish the McDonald's that I really wanted. I won't be doing that again though because cold nuggets is absolutely disgusting. Um, but yeah, I'll have really small portions. Like if I'm gonna make dinner, I say for example, we're having like chicken goujons and chips. I'll just have the two chicken goujons. It's really small. And then I'm obviously prioritizing the food that I enjoy eating rather than the one with any nutritional value. Um, so with that, I, the last week actually, my I've been getting really faint. Um, my hands have been shaking. Um, so I've got to go doctors next week to have like full bloods done because they think I might be anemic or something. Or yeah, that's low iron, isn't it? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and my hair is falling out. I actually had a hair consultation today for extensions because it's so thin. And they say that that can happen, but it usually stops after two, three months. But I think where I haven't been following the rules, mine's started up again and I don't have enough hair left to let this carry on. Mm. So today I went out and I bought loads of vitamins just to try and sort myself out. But as well, like the other, I think food is quite a social thing as well. So when I'm just, you know, when you're making plans with people, like let's pop out for lunch and it's always like, well, there's no point. Like I went out for my friend's birthday last week and um, we went to an all you can eat buffet. Like, do I really want to spend 30, 40 pound on a couple of chicken balls? So in the end, they all went out of the um, all you can eat and I sat there with a bowl of chicken and sweet corn soup. It just makes you feel a bit like, then that's when people start asking you, people that don't know you, like, oh, you eat like a, a hamster. Is it, are you on a diet? Are you, are you trying to cut down on your food intake? It's like, there's nothing of you. You don't need to be eating that. So it's like you're getting judged as well. Like these people think that I've got an eating disorder or that I've got, that I'm not seeing, that I don't need to lose any more weight. Hmm how does it feel because food like you said it's very sociable but it's also pleasurable there's all different textures flavors temperatures and all of that experience to having a meal how does it feel to not be able to do that do you feel like you still want to like you know when you're on a diet you desperately want to eat but you're forcing yourself not to is mm. it that you you have to not do it because it will hurt or you just do you not even feel like it because your your stomach's not making you feel hungry no, some days, like some days I think if I could go back to the day before, I just want a roast dinner, like a massive piled up roast dinner, and then I'll come back to this. And I've never been, I'm not a big roast dinner fan, but I really want a roast dinner. Did anyone talk to you about how all of these consequences that might happen after the surgery, like before? I was in like Facebook groups and stuff where everyone was talking about those things and so I was aware of it, but I think you don't, you're not going to understand it until you're there. Yeah. And I, like I, the, the way how I can relate to that is when I hated my body so much and I needed to have a boob job because I was like, 
I hate my body so much, I would rather die than feel this feeling. And I think it's a little bit like anyone who's desperate, like rock bottom, like who becomes an addict of anything because you need something so so badly to escape this feeling that you have. And I that was my only option. Like I had a problem and there was a solution. Yeah. So the only solution for me was to have a boob job. It wasn't available to me to learn how to love my body or be body confident. No one did that. No one spoke about that. And when I had my boobs done, it was back in the day when that was the, the beauty standards of the world. And everyone was, it was like, you know, Pamela Anderson days. <laughs> everyone was wanting boob jobs and all the boys wanted girlfriends with boob jobs or big boobs. A bit like that surgeon yeah so i understand as well <laughs> yeah that when even when i read the consequences like the the risks that might happen they like paled in comparison to, to my need I, I needed to have it done and yeah. I, I had other friends who were like had a bit of unhappiness with their body but they didn't have the need that i had so therefore they didn't have it done so i totally understand in, in that respect obviously i haven't had the size thing but having that need and sometimes like those risks can just go over your head or it's worth it because it's so painful to be in that body image that you have right now that it's worth those risks yeah and as much as like I say about my hair loss feeling pain all the health side of it and then the mental side of it I would not change it because so you are happy with your choice yeah because I know you used to say to me before like oh no like all your body positivity stuff and that I need to just like learn to love myself and I couldn't even listen because I thought I can't love this I can't even try and get to like it but now I think I would be more open to I think that it's freed me up of that little bit of well that massive bit of negativity about myself like I don't like I said the loose skin and stuff like that I don't love it but I think I could learn to Whereas before it was like, now nah, I'm not even going to try because that's, I don't. So how do you feel about that now then? Is that something that you'd look into doing? Mm. Well, I'm just trying to make like, obviously, because I put this surgery off, I'm just trying to like tone up and stuff. And because I know I'm really lazy, I've found the lazy girl workout. You can do it in your bed. So I just... <laughs> Tell me about this lazy girl workout. <laughs> you can do it in your bed or on the sofa. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like floor exercises, but you're in your bed. And it just okay. kind of... <laughs> There are other exercises you can do in your bed. <laughs> you might need a partner. <laughs> But yeah, I thought, <clears throat> what if I'm going to delay the surgery, then it's given me that bit of space and a bit of time to actually just try and do it and save myself a load of money. Because yeah, I, I guess it's still going to be loose skin, but if it was toned up a bit, like my arms, I've already always had like grandma arms, but I guess if I tone them up, then it's not going to be as bad. And maybe it's something that I could then live with. But my priority at the moment is my ass. My ass is so flat. But this is the other trouble though, isn't it? If you don't fuel your body, you won't be able to grow muscles. You need to actually have 
a surplus of calories to be able to grow muscle. So I'm screwed. (laughs) 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 That was not meant to be the end of that conversation. (laughs) End of the podcast. So (laughs) so I'm screwed. But I guess you must protein shakes. Yeah, I was just gonna say you can have things like that. But carbohydrates are massively important as well. You need that energy. You need the glycogen in your muscles to be able to use them in a workout. I eat a lot of crisps. So in a way, it's like forcing you to to be on a diet forever. Yeah, but that's what I needed. I didn't have the willpower or motivation myself. Okay. I can understand why you would be happy with that then. But I guess the positive side of it is that bit where you said it freed up a bit of your mind to look into other stuff because it feels like, correct me if I'm wrong, that you can see now that there are other options and that you can't just fix everything because there's the age you you have, you see that it's unrealistic now to try to look like your 21-year-old self. So although you wanted to have that body size and it's taken most of the pain away, there's still some left. And now there's other things to work on, but you have more of a realistic expectation of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe with some of the other stuff, you could look into working on your self-love and body image. Mm. Because otherwise, if you continue to hate your body, then it was, wasn't worth it, was it? If you've just got a different body and society sees you different, it makes life easier for you. But if you still don't like yourself. I mean, it's definitely improved because when I was on holiday, I noticed like, I, I was covered up. Like I've been on, I've gone out in the summer before, in peak summer, and because I hated my legs, I'd be wearing jeans while everyone else is walking around in like a little play suit or something. Mm. And the, yeah, that added to it because you know that you stand out like a sore thumb. But then if I was wearing shorts, then I still would because my legs were so fat. It was like I was in a no-win situation and I was just sweating my ass off. But yeah, on holiday, I was just, I wore what I wanted. Have you ever looked at your, your belief that having fat legs is bad, that it's undesirable, unattractive, that you wouldn't want them. And if you have them, you have to cover them up. Have you ever looked at where that comes from? Um, probably from when I was younger. My brother, I remember, because I, I was thinking like there is something when I was younger. My brother used to call me Thunderfies. And I remember we did something. I was in Mrs. Weber's class. We was doing about measurement. And we all had to put our weight on the on the board, and I was the heaviest person. Oh, I hate that. That's awful. But I, even as a child, I was I was just a chunky kid. I wasn't fat, but I was still the heaviest. Yeah, that's awful. No wonder that would cause you to feel like that as you were older. And that must have been what. Because also, it's like you get bullied for something that isn't even true, and then you've like let the bullies win by changing it in a way rather than standing up to them and standing up to society and being 
bigger bodies are all right. You know, thick thighs are are good. Yeah, I'd probably be siding with them. Be like, yeah, I know, I agree. Which is what I'm saying about the boobs. Like back in the day, it was everyone must have boobs. I still remember a boy sitting next to me in class actually saying what his ideal girlfriend was, and it was a, a flat bum and big boobs. That oh. was the ideal. And if you think about that now, flat bum as well. Now it's all about big bum, and it doesn't matter if you've got no boobs. Yeah. So even if you edit your body in whatever way, diet and exercise or weight loss surgery or adding fake muscles or whatever to get to a certain body ideal and society accepts you, you're validated by loads of people, you get a partner, whatever, then 10 years time, the body ideal changes. What do you do then? Have more surgery and change to meet that ideal then? Oh yeah, I don't think I'm chasing like, what someone's ideal is. I don't necessarily mean you, I mean like you, as in mm. plural. Oh yeah, no, I have thought that, like when people are getting the butt implants and stuff. It's all pretty irreversible, isn't it? Mm. So <coughs> you mentioned, oh yeah, so the lack of minerals and vitamins. Dates and going out with mates. Oh yeah, I mentioned that about going out for dinner and stuff. Like it just, it's a waste of money as well. Cause I have gone, I've gone to like a bottomless brunch and I had like two mouthfuls of food. And obviously my priority was the cocktails. So I had to leave space for them. Mm. And I'm just spending loads of money on food that I'm not eating. And do you mind sharing about the alcohol you mentioned to me on the phone? Oh no, it's um, a common thing that um, because obviously you don't, you're not getting your pleasure out of your food. With weight loss surgery, there's a higher risk of a person becoming an alcoholic because then you're getting your, you're obviously, a, yes, you're not getting your pleasure from your food, so you go to alcohol and then you get drunk quicker. So yeah, there's a higher risk of becoming an alcoholic. Like going back to the whole pleasure thing, like socializing and stuff like that. Um, it's not exactly easy or enjoyable for the most part. Did it seem like the easy thing at the time, the easy choice, the quick fix? No, I had read about, you know, I said about the Facebook groups. I had read and people were saying like, that it's not as easy as, as you think. So I was aware that it was going to be a bit of a struggle yeah but then again when you're in so much pain it's worth it yeah. misery what else yeah and people always feel the need to make like to comment on it as well and when you're sat at a table with a group of people that you barely know and then someone points it out like oh you hardly eat just a bit <clears throat> rude I guess it's like I think you've mentioned it before like you or someone's mentioned it like people feel easier to make comment on someone that's smaller like oh you're really slim or you're really thin but you wouldn't say to someone oh you're really fat like it comes out easier like more freely did you is that your experience so when you're in a bigger body no one mentioned your body yeah pretty much because I've heard from other people that they had a lot of 
stigma actually and were shamed for their body so if they were eating something like two people could eat the same food like say it's a burger and a milkshake and it want the thin person just do, doesn't get looked at and the fat person people were like oh of course you're fat because you eat that every day oh yeah i think i'm quite conscious about eating but that wasn't because someone said something to me it's just i was i guess hyper aware yeah, I think I just thought it was going to be a massive life changer and it fixes everything. And then you realise, like, no, it didn't. It just fixed that I'm five stone lighter. Yeah. But, like, yeah, life is just still life, isn't it? It's not so a magic change. Has any of this experience made you then think there's something else going on that I'm the reason I'm unhappy that maybe I need to look at that rather than go to, OK, well, the fat's gone now, so now it's the skin. And then when the skin's gone, now it might be the wrinkles, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm starting therapy soon because I think, yeah, so I need to address everything else that, yeah. I guess the fat was my priority rather than the, the me. And now the fat's gone, I can start the focus on me. Yeah. Do you know any bigger people who are happy in their bodies? No. You not follow any on social media? No. Because I know it's like um, unheard of, isn't it really? Because society says that thinner is better, mm. but there are actually bigger people who are happy in their bodies and body confident. Oh yeah, I have seen them before. There was that woman on the plane, innit? That went, that was in the news when she got like fat shamed. She's a model, I think. But I, I just don't agree with it. You don't think they're happy? No, I mean, they might be happy, but I just don't like, that's great for them that they are, but I wouldn't want to be that person. That's why I wasn't ever prepared to try and love myself as a fat person because I don't, I don't think it's attractive at all. You know, we have social conditioning as well. So we what we see as attractive is what we're told to see as attractive. And sometimes we have to question ourselves on why we are attracted to what we're attracted to. Mm. Which is why like being gay can think that you're wrong because you're told that you shouldn't. So you can have a lot of shame around that. No, I don't I think mine is my own own view. Like I said, it's good for them. But yeah. It's just, you know, like different countries have different bodies that are the beauty standards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw something on that, actually. Yeah, so if you were brought up in another country, it'd be interesting to see if you'd feel different about your body. You know, if the majority of people were bigger, if that was attractive. Oh, yeah. So if you could, if you could talk to yourself or someone else who might be thinking about weight loss surgery now, what do you think would be really beneficial for them to hear? Is there anything you found out along the way and you're like, oh my God, why didn't someone tell me about this? I think my worst thing is the hair loss. Like I knew, I knew, I was, I thought I was prepared for it. But when you're, it's got to the point that I was avoiding washing my hair because it just comes out in clumps. Like my hair is so thin 
like you can see through it, like when it's all down. Yeah, so I've had no choice but to get extensions now, just so I'd have some hair. Mm. Look at that. That's all my hair. Doesn't extensions pull on your hair a bit more though? Yeah. But at least I won't look like I'm going bald. And then when it stopped and I thought, oh, phew, it's over now, but it will have the opportunity to start growing back. And then it started up again. I think you'd be, it'd be really beneficial if you were to see a nutritionist who could tell you with this small amount of calories that you can eat within that, what would be the best food to give you the highest like nutrient dense food and then find somewhere else to get pleasure. Cause you know, like it's, it's, you get a lot of pleasure from food, don't you? And like you said, sometimes you just want to eat the food that you enjoy. Yeah. But I just need to eat for fuel. Mm. Anything else you want to say? Oh, probably just like um, the scarring. Like I've got, so even when I went on holiday, um, I said that I was more confident and comfortable in what I was wearing, but I still had my stomach covered the whole time because it's like hey look it's like you're showing off I used to be the the fat kid because of all your scars because they're not exactly discreet either it's just like um, you're parading that I'm quite a private person and I just feel like the scars are just parading that telling everyone my business so yeah I was still covered up to a degree. Would you like to not be one day? I don't know, because you know what? When I first went for this, I was like, oh, when I get to the weight I want to be, I'm going to just walk around the streets in a bikini and just show everyone, show it off to everyone. And now I'm like, that's not me. I'm not going to do that. So you but thought me. it was going to change your personality? Yeah. That's big. <laughs> that's going in the beginning <laughs> yeah so, so you yeah. like that you're not one of those people that walks around in a bikini showing off yeah I mean yeah I wouldn't want to be that person that's quite like arrogant yeah. it? so it's interesting isn't it that you thought that I'll be yeah. happy when I'm like that and I'm basically something that I don't even like yeah, I thought I was going to be this really outgoing, loud, centre of the stage. <laughs> no, that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be that person. But I think I had my view of what that ideal person was going to be. And then, yeah, it's not my ideal. If you have a topic that you would like to share, an inspiring story, please get in touch at www wayshecoaching.co.uk that is w-a-i-s-h-e-e coaching.co.uk thanks for listening bye for now